Yo, Hammy, can you close Here. the door? Thanks, bro. Oh, okay. So this is what we're going to fucking do, okay? I'm going to cut you off right now. We're going to start things off right now because we going in, okay? Nux Misconduct Network, we going in. People right now in our city, Vancouver, they're, they're nutty right now. In fact, I had to... I had to dumb down the production of the other show, the other important show, Loki, Vancouver's only podcast on the Posted Up Network, because I had to think about what we were going to talk about tonight on Sippin' on a 40. Yo, let's not do Silky and Filthy today, okay? Let's go in here. We haven't talked Canucks in a while, bro. And the city, again, is going nuts. And I think I think they're wasting their time, to be honest. Are they not looking at what we got to look at? You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Did they not exceed expectations? Is it not 2020? Yo, just chill. Chill. It is what it is. And this team, yes, this team is led by arguably two of the best Canucks of all time when it's all said and done. That's how good those two players are. I think people are going nuts. Real talk, Trevor. What do you think? I do think there's a right to be going nuts, though, to be honest. Because, yeah, they went on this nice run and they took Vegas to game seven and all that. But they're clearly a team that still has some work to do if they want to be a, a true Stanley Cup contender. And, you know, you look at the mess that Benning's created, and you could argue that this team was, you know, they were on the cusp of the playoffs. We were exactly what they, we thought they would be in the regular season. They were a bubble team. Like Man. you said all year, you know, be a strong bubble team. But this team could damn well have missed the playoffs if the season wasn't shut down. Okay, and, okay. You know, now you go into an offseason where you're losing a guy like Defoley, where your top six is hurting. Defensemen are going down the drain. Marshall, we don't know what's happening. So there's a lot of unknowns to this team right now. And there hasn't been a lot of movement that's happened yet. And I think people are getting tired of Jim Benning. Whoa, 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 whoa. Come players possibly walk away. Come on, man. Y'all, y'all a little, y'all a little crazy right now, in my opinion. And I'm here to talk about it. Trevor Beggs is here man. to You're talk about chill. it. Yo, maybe I'm what too kind chill. Of weed you smoking? It's, I don't even think it's the fucking weed, man. Maybe it's the green tea. Or maybe it's the fact this damn city has Elias Pedersen and Quinn Hughes. Okay? Chill out. What the fuck is the rush? It's all good, baby. It's all good. Let's do this. Sipping on a 40. Man, we're gonna have a lot of fun tonight in Vancouver, all my real fans. <laughs> Okay, okay, before we get into the episode, I, I got to talk about this. I should say we got to talk about this. I think we opened that door months ago when we, you know, decided to talk about diversity in the NHL. So I want to play this clip and, uh, yeah, just, just disappointed but not surprised. Real talk, real talk. Let's just run that clip from TSN. The Hockey Diversity Alliance released this statement today. The HDA is grateful for the support from the public we received. Unfortunately, the support we hoped from the NHL was not delivered, and instead the NHL focused on performative public relations efforts that seemed aimed at quickly moving past important conversations about race needed in the game. We have waited many months for a response to the common sense HDA pledge we proposed, and it's clear that the NHL is not prepared to make any measurable commitments to end systemic racism in hockey. While we are disappointed, the HDA will operate separate and independent of the NHL and authentically implement necessary education programs and changes to the sport and seek to the role models for the youth in black and brown communities who want to play hockey. Fucking disappointed. Disappointed, but again, not surprised. Uh, they're, they're going into the future in separate ways, which is which is the furthest thing then that, that should happen here, right? Symbolically speaking, you know what I'm saying? 
This should have been easy. This should have been easy. Yeah. It makes it makes sense, though, because the NHL is yeah. just dumb. They're just and you dumb. Know, it's, I, Gary Batman was on the radio stations out here in Vancouver a few days back now, maybe a week ago. And, you know, he kind of did the whole uh, public relations bit where he said, we're working with them and we've implemented all this stuff and blah, blah, blah. And it, and it did kind of sound like a, a, a bit of a smokescreen. So, yeah, it, it is disappointing. Like you said, it should be an easy decision and systemic racism. You know, work with these guys with, to you know, make the world and the game. Those people being the faces of the fight. Like, what is the NHL going to do? Gary Bettman's going to be the face of that fight? Real talk. So stupid, bro. Yeah. So stupid. It's, um... You know, they should make Tony, so Axe, NHL, Tony Axe, make him the commissioner. You know, the guy who got into hockey, who got famous on Twitter a couple of years back. You know, he's like fresh eyes on the game, you know? Like, I think a guy like that. Well, why doesn't this happen, though? Why doesn't this happen? It, it kind of... No, it does. It It hurts. It hurts. This is the this is the league, you know, that we talk about, that we make this for. Do they even care? <laughs> do do they think they can handle this on their own? Because they've been doing such a good job. You know, just why not let that collaboration happen with those who should be leading the charge and are going to be leading the charge, but again, not not with the backing from the uh, the NHL and yeah that just symbolically speaking is the furthest thing from what should happen. Yeah, and I I I don't know if the NHL realizes, but you know they're pushing away markets when they do this. Oh, 100%. You promote your game with like love and acceptance for everybody, you know more people are going to watch your game. If you're not doing uh if you're not contributing in activities that support minorities, then why would minorities watch your game? You know, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So I mean, from the NHL's perspective, I think it's a no-brainer decision to get involved in this stuff, and they just uh, think they can handle it on their own. And who knows what the proposal was from the Diversity Alliance? Like, who knows what the terms were and what they wanted and what they were going to work on via that relationship? But they sh- they should have got this this done. The NHL somehow, some way, should have got this done, but. This is just telling me they don't really have the heart for it. Like they don't really want to focus on it. And it's, uh, yeah, it's weird. It's weird. Yeah, I, I don't remember exactly what all the, uh, what the, the HDA was asking for in general, but I think some of it was like university funding uh, for minorities, like scholarships for minorities. And I know they want owners to open up uh, their arenas to have more voting opportunities. And I know some of it happened and some of it didn't, but... Uh, where the line was drawn, I'm, I'm not quite sure. It's gross, man. It's um, but gross. I, I do know, again, when you hear Gary Bittman talk, he talks about the great job that the NHL has done, which is uh, kind of shitty to hear when, you know, this announcement is just Great is way, way too strong of, a, strong of a word, you know? Way too strong. And, uh, yeah, this is just, uh, I, I got a lot of stuff to learn, and I got to do better, too, in my own regard. And, and I know that this is, uh, this is a league that just has a platform in front of a lot of people, a lot of kids and the future. And it's just, uh, yeah, just bizarre, bizarre. But again, it does make sense. We're talking about the NHL. Okay. Okay. Let's, uh, let's carry on with the program. Okay. You're listening to sipping on a 40. This is the first time. Yes. The first time Trevor Beggs and Kyle Bowen are actually going to go at it. First time, first time. We've been we've been buddy buddy authentically 
for a long time. And it's probably the reason why we haven't made it yet, right? Very little conflict between both both the hosts. And, and again, it is what it is. Authentic, honest people on this network. I will say, though, Trevor, how can how can you just witness what we witnessed this year, right? This team exceeded expectations. I know, I know they got lucky because of the playoff format and the season ending because things were slipping. They were slipping. They were kind of falling out of the bubble. They, they, they could have not been a bubble team based on what's happened in years prior. But they got in, and they played well. They exceeded expectations. And they were led by two players that should just, just give people peace of mind. Shouldn't those two players give people the peace of mind they need? And again, what's the fucking rush? What's the rush? This team will not be, you know, will not be hung by those contracts a couple years from now. You know what I'm saying? What's the rush? This team is still very young. I, I'm just looking at the bright side. I know it, it's just it's just crazy how people can, can go just so zero to one hundred and just want Ben and gone again. It's ridiculous, bro. This guy proved the whole city wrong. Whole city wrong. If he doesn't make that trade for JT Miller, don't you think that one thing would just should have bought him a little bit of time? And again, the Quinn Houston, the Elias, those are big things, bro. They're right there in front of us. Shouldn't, shouldn't we just chill out? Yeah, okay, so those things are buying for sure. So the fact that Elias Patterson, Quinn Hughes are here, you got stars, you got a guy like JT Miller who's in his prime playing, playing really well. You know, those things do get peace of mind, and so does the run. But it doesn't take away from the fact that you know, you want to see this team, you know, go upwards in their trajectory. I think the big fear in this market right now is that Vancouver could turn oh into a team like goodness. Edmonton where they go to the playoffs one year and then they just bomb Dude, out afterwards. You, you guys know, are such losers. Such losers. For two of the Canucks, the biggest year. And, and the Canucks aren't losers 50 years, man. Come on. I know. On. I know. But I feel, I just feel like, as, okay. The Canucks got to be smart about what they do here because, you know, they, they could find themselves slipping even with guys like Pedersen and Hughes. But with those two guys, okay, next year, maybe they don't win. He's a team, man. He can't win with two guys. 100%. I know that. I know that. But there's just so much so much foundation there that you can see the success. Bro, we, we've talked about this, right? There's no chance in hell that these two Vancouver Canucks will not get this city a cup within the first 10 years of their career. I've, I'm calling it. They're that damn good. They're, that, they're, they're the best Canuck players of all time when it's all said and done. I can just see it happening. They're that good. Look how young they are. They just came into the league, and they're dominating. They just went through their first playoff experience, and they made it look easy for themselves. Real talk, real talk. A little too easy. They're that great. Things are, are going to change, and I think having guys like Stetcher not qualified and people like Foley walking away. Again, this team is in cap hell. Like $23 million spent on people that could be healthy scratched during a playoff run, right? Real talk. That is bad. That is bad. But we have all kind of knew that. We, we all kind of knew that. I just, maybe I should be asking myself this question. Why am I so calm about this stuff? And it's pretty much only because of two players. Uh, the potential, you know, within the next 10 years, we've been fans for a long time. I, I can I can pull out this 10-year plan out of my ass and just kind of enjoy it. Enjoy it. The Canucks are winning the cup in the next 10 years. That's my answer. That's why I'm so calm, bro. 10-year plan, baby. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was going to say, that's why you're so calm right now. Mm-hmm. And, and it's also the fact that the Canucks... It was five years from their last playoff appearance, right? So now you're, they're fresh off that playoff appearance. They won around. Oh. You know they're looking good. I'm, I'm still high. Up. I'm still high. Going to win the cup before the end of the before the before we hit 2030. It's so easy to be optimistic now, but what happens in oh a year God, or two? Losers, we miss the playoffs man. in two years. How you feeling? That is so that? negative. How you so feeling that? Assuming they don't the worst. Build a proper fucking team. 
Oh, yo, Bexy, I'm playing some fucking meditation music right now. We're gonna meditate together, and we're gonna we're gonna figure this thing out because, bro, you're assuming the worst. Assuming the worst. I, I think you're being overly optimistic. You I have way think too much faith. I think this team can afford to lose a Toffoli. They can afford to lose a Stetcher. They can afford to lose a Tanev. You know, fill up the gaps with whatever they have. And just because of those two players, they'll still find a way in the playoff hunt. Again, what's the rush for them to be elite? Elite. The the foundation is there, and the foundation is fucking nice. That is, uh, as far as duo goes, going down the road, there's not there's not three better franchises that are set up. If you're talking about duos, one of the best defensemen in the league, and Elias Pettersson, he's going to be contending soon, you being in that competition, right, for MVP of the whole league. He's that damn good. He's that damn good already. Such a baller. The foundation is there. I, I'm optimistic. I know. I know. And y'all just assuming the worst. I fucking hate it. I hate it. I hate you, Trevor. I hate you. Straight up. Straight up. Again, man, look at the Canucks this year. Pedersen and Hughes, like you said, they were fucking amazing and all that. Amazing. They Not just amazing, perfect. Formula for the Canucks winning, man. And that was both in the regular season and the playoffs. They relied on a top-heavy team based on those two guys. They relied on a goaltender fucking being heroic and bailing them out because their defense is absolute garbage. And garbage. In the playoffs, they were mired by a shitty bottom six that was playing without any speed. So these these are things that need to change, and I know. Okay, I'll give you. I'll say something else because and they you will rip on Canucks fans for having this loser mentality. You know, we should be like wanting a winning team. Now you're taking this kind of middle of the road approach where you're okay with you know a few years of building up. You're okay with you know no Stanley Cup. Why don't why wouldn't you want the best for your team right now? Like, don't you want your team to stay in that? Because I don't picture? think any of the moves they can make. You know, based on what a roster move, a trade, a free agent signing, blah blah blah. Can really, can really push them over the top. Real talk, real talk. It's oh, it's oh gonna ha- it's gonna it's gonna have to be miracle based. And I believe, yes, I believe that those two players, right? Those two players, and and if they keep Demko or Markstrom, you know what I'm saying? Those are, those are recipes for a miracle. Real talk, it is, it is. They're they're set up where it still may happen because their elite talent is is that damn good. And, and I, I am looking forward to when those players are off the books. Now, when those players are off the books, right, that $23 million dump, I guess, right? We got Sutter, Beagle, Roussel, Berchi. I think it's unfair to put Ferlin in there because he's just been injured a lot. Real talk, real talk. Ryan Spooner's even there. You know what I'm saying, bro? I know it's, it's really bad, but uh, they'll be gone. And, of course, by the time they're gone... $20 million plus will be, you know, put towards Hughes and Patterson. Anyways, anyways, can you just quiet, quiet, shut up, Trevor. Shut up, okay? Just shut up for a second. Just listen to this music. Are you listening to that? Oh, I'm listening. Begsy, stop assuming the worst, man. After the city, and I gotta say it, man. I gotta say it. I don't know. 12 months ago, I wasn't saying this, but a Jim Benning-led organization, after they exceeded expectations, they brought you such joy in 2020. Such joy. Out of nowhere. You get this distraction. And they did. They did well. They carried things on for a lot of days. They gave you that feeling again. Man, you're just gonna turn on them that quick and just lose, lose faith? It, you, that's ridiculous, man. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I really thought that 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 breakthrough that we saw this year and how it was done too, again, just, just fucking led by two young rooks. I thought that was enough for the fan base to be 
patient with whatever is going to happen because the facts were all there. The facts were this this may have happened, you know? We were going to lose players. This team wasn't capital. I thought people were ready for it and okay with it. So, damn, bro. Have faith, man. Real talk. I'll tell you, man. I have faith in Elias Patterson and Quinn Hughes being great players. I don't have faith in them single-handedly winning the Vancouver Canucks. Okay. Stanley Cup. Okay, can we? So you, can't you know just what? Ride the coattails of those. Okay, two you know what? That's a. Win a cup. It just doesn't work that I, way. I took this note. I took this fucking note. Okay, Trevor, man, can can we stop comparing this damn team to the Edmonton Oilers? Okay, first of all, they're playing in Edmonton. Something's in the fucking water there. All they have is Donairs what, in, in Edmonton. They all they have is Donairs, bro. There's something in the in the Donairs in Edmonton. Okay, don't compare us to Edmonton. And if you do want to compare Edmonton and Vancouver, the Canucks have more talent already on their roster than that team. They do. They do. They're not the same team. They have more depth. I think guys like Besser and Horvat, better than the Nuge and whatever else they got, the Yamamoto's and stuff. I, I do believe that. I do believe that. It's different. It's different. And they don't have a Quinn Hughes, but they have a dry sidle. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> Jeez. I, I'm telling you, man. Don't I like I wouldn't be surprised right now looking at the Canucks if they miss the playoffs next year. I just think it's that close in the West. The Canucks are not like a top tier team in the West right now. They're not. You know, I know. Like Winnipeg, some teams below them could easily surpass them next season. So I I just don't want to think like yeah, I, like you said, maybe in a few years they're going to be a cup contender. I don't think they're quite a cup contender yet, but so I'd you, like to see it sooner. Have you have you year. asked yourself this? What's going to happen to this team when guys like Quinn Hughes and Elias Patterson take the next step? You know what I'm saying? What happened when Drysdale and McDavid took the next step? The Oilers kept missing the playoffs. That's all I got to say, man. Like, honestly, no, okay, this year two players can be amazing. I know we're putting. I know Jack Eichel and Buffalo is another great example too. I think Patterson's better than Eichel. Patterson's just a fucking winner. He's a winner. He's a fucking winner, dude. The guy's a the guy's a baller. He gets it. He's embracing the city too. The, the guy wants all the pressure. He wants all the smoke, and he's gonna excel, bro. It's there's something about that dude. There's something about Quinn Hughes too. They're both similar. They're both similar, different mindsets, different players. They're they're way better than Jack Eichel. Real talk, real talk. Yeah, it's just that I, they're I in the know, West. I, I don't know about way better, but I can I can buy the argument. But here's the thing we talk about: we're talking about star power a lot so far here on. Sipping that's on all. Sporting. That's all the Canucks have. That's all the Canucks have. That's all they so, have: star power. So don't you think one of those ways to you know be a better team is to get more star power? Which is which is why I think that I fucking hope the Canucks can land Oliver Ekman Larson. Okay. Okay. Because I look at that contract, and yeah, there's obviously a concern there. But Ekman Larson is a fucking hell of a defenseman. Straight and I think up, he's straight be up. Still a great defenseman for a few years down the road. So, you know, that's a move right now. You make your defense that much better. Like that's that's the kind of power move that will make this team better. Similar to bringing in Miller. It's such a Jim Benning move, right? He's always in these talks to get the the biggest fish around this time. The Subans, even remember when he got fined or whatever for for talking about Stamkos, maybe Man and Stamkos. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. Man, oh man, and here's here's OEL on the block. That deadline's on Friday, supposedly. I saw an Earth tweet talking about how uh, the move is going to be made if it's going to be made after the draft or whatever. What is what is that even saying? After the draft could be ten minutes after the draft or two days after the draft. Yeah, know? I was waiting for the ten minutes after the draft. I'm like, <laughs> oh shit, it's dropping! Here it comes. Earth is no Earth knows. Earth knows, bro. He knows how to boost those numbers, man. What the fuck's he even saying with that tweet? Absolutely nothing. But it works. Shout out to Earth. Uh, look, if this trade goes down, which it actually may, 
don't be surprised if Jim Benning gives up too much because it's Jim Benning. And at first glance, he always just gives up too much. Yeah. But we're going to have to have faith. Yo, he really slapped us in the face with that JT Miller trade. Like, really slapped us in the face. That was one of the best offseason moves in the last couple of years, bro. That, that was a ridiculous trade. Ridiculous trade. Ballsy, and it panned out. And Miller's a guy who helped change the culture. Miller, he's on the team, too, for years. Years and years. This team has more depth than people think, I, I believe, too. Real talk. Real talk. I, I would agree with you, but I don't think it's at a level that, like, Tampa Bay is at per se. Of course it's Bay not. What's that? the rush, though? What's the rush? What do you mean, what's the rush, man? Why don't, why don't you want to win now? Why, why, why don't you want this team to take the next step? Because, again, I don't think— I don't—I played a, a lot of NHL 20 in my fucking life, okay? I played the GM mode and stuff. I just don't think there's moves to be made that will even push them over the top if they had a little bit more cap space. I just feel as if the team would look a little bit similar, maybe a little worse, but still, you know, led by that opportunity— that Quinn Hughes and Elias Patterson are going to do great things and just, you know, just be better players too. What happens when those two are better players? They could be even better in January. Real talk. Yeah, and that's what the majority, like the majority of the improvement is probably going to have to come from the top guys. 100%. Which is crazy to say. But I do think there's a situation where the team gets better going into next season. And that's what you really should be aiming for if you're a fan of this team. That's why, you know, as long as, you know, <laughs> Jim Benning doesn't give up too much, Alvarek Larson, you should yes. be hoping he becomes a Yes, yes. You know what? There it is. Chet OEL. Yo, this, I know he's not the same defenseman, but he he's also playing in Arizona. He's playing in Arizona. It's different playing there. It's too comfortable playing there. You get into your late 20s, do you want career years playing in Arizona? I don't think so. If the Canucks land OEL, they just add to their top heaviness and if that's one of their competitive advantages, right? Just having this team that has a lot of top-heavy players, and now they'll have two of those guys potentially on defense, right? Quinn Hughes, OEL. Uh, you know, Quinn, Quinn Hughes a, a level ahead, but still, that adds a lot more star power. Yo, take that trade, motherfucker. Yo, I, I've seen I've seen what some of the proposals were, and it, it, yes, it, it's, going to, it's going to be involving a first-round pick. It is. It is. No, there's no way this trade gets made without that. What are you thinking, people? What are you thinking? It's going to happen, right? And then maybe a prospect. I'm also hearing, you know, maybe they could take that first-round pick out, and maybe it's going to be someone like a Paul Golson. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'll tell you this, though. I, I think Jim Benning does really fall in love with his draft. I know he's traded them a lot, but he sounded so he sounded so sad that he didn't have a first rounder today. I think he's going to be loath to give up a first rounder that trade. And I wouldn't be surprised if that's perhaps a major roadblock there. Damn, um, because, bro. You know, if you give up that first, I think you need to attach a salary like Brandon Sutter to it or something. Yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. You know? Something to kind of even it out a little bit, but not, uh, you know, still give Phoenix or Arizona what they want in cap relief. But, uh, man, I know. I think most of I, I think the one I thought about was like a first for 10 and, uh, Ulevi and Sutter or something like that. Dude, but, okay, you know, that's but just the first round pick. Like, what do you know? What you what do you know? You get with the Ulevi or Vatan, did you know? Real talk, real talk, man. Just <laughs> that's kind of seems like a cap dump by Arizona. You know, like they, it, you know, Bill Armstrong was the same guy who was involved in the Rhino Rally trade in Buffalo, and they just got a bunch of spare parts for that trade. You know, they didn't they didn't really come out on top. Maybe he's scared to do it again, or maybe that's exactly what's going to happen because he has no fucking leverage. No, you he know, has he has a little bit of yeah, leverage. Right. He has a little bit of leverage, man. Come on, it's still OEL. Yeah, he could not trade him, right? That's yeah, he the could. Leverage. He could. 
So yeah. anyways, it'll be interesting to see what happens. But you look at the left side of the Canucks defense next year, if they do get Ekman Larson, let's just say by the time you listen to this podcast, they've got him. Okay, yeah, Ekman 100%. We got him. Look at that left side. You got Quinn Hughes. You got OEL. You got Alex Edler. Boom, boom, bam, boom. Boom, bam, boom. On the left, on the left side of the defense. So cool. look at the right side. Maybe you'll have Myers, Ben, and like a, a Rafferty. Yeah, or, who would replace or, a stature. Or Chatfield, because he's been getting brought up lots. Uh, but, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, um, you, you look at that defense uh, automatically, I think it's better than last year because of OEL. Oh, 100%, bro, 100%. And then you have, you know, that, that outcome in, in the playoffs, right, where for half the game, the other team is dealing with a Ekman Larson or a Quinn Hughes. Real yeah. talk, real talk. And that's, a, that's another advantage, I, I guess. I guess the Canucks could lose all these players, you know, the Stetchers, the Toffoli's, the Markstroms, and they could replace <laughs> they could replace all three of them with one OEL. And they'd just be top heavy even more. But then they they would use, they would lose a top heavy goaltender. I, I we should we should end the uh, the Canucks roster talk with that. I mean, okay, so what to Foley? I don't want people I, I don't want people talking about, you know, losing Madden in a second round pick. It's it sucks. Yeah, that, I guess that's, that's whatever. I, I'm over yeah, that. Come I just, on. I just come like on. actually sign the player. Just that's a loser mentality, real talk. The yeah. the the team played in playoff games, they they won one fake round, one real round, took it to seven games <laughs> via a miracle in the second round. So you know what I'm saying? It was it was a trade well worth it. And I think that experience it's an overused word in sports, but I think with guys like Quinn Hughes and Elias Pedersen experience does matter i really do i do believe in that because they they learn from it they soak information up quick that's why they're so fucking great so they they got something from that they really did they really did they, they got to win early you know what i'm saying there, there's something there what was i on what was i supposed what, what was i talking about here lost my train of thought <laughs> uh no you're talking about you were talking about the canucks next year. oh the last roster thing okay jacob markstrom yeah, yeah, jacob yeah, markstrom yeah. it may not happen it may not happen jacob markstrom may not be back and that's uh that's a that's a little sad. That really is because yeah, not because you know it affects me personally and I'm I'm sad about it and and that really does suck. It is what it is. It is what it is. Right? We we saw what Demko did. The team's in cap hell. Uh, this was probably going to happen. Goaltending's a weird position though, so I do think that there is a small chance that we could get similar goaltending still from Demko. Nonetheless, what Markstrom did for this organization. Let, let's just talk about last year, okay? The team sucked. He was so good. And it was important for a guy like Pedersen, guys like Brock Besser, to be in close games. It was. And Markstrom's doing that for this for this organization. Just just worked hard, worked his ass off, excelled at his position for this for this team when the, the defense just sucked. And, you know, talk about his dad passing away early in the season and just continuing to ball out. It was just a, a, a remarkable turn of events in, in in Markstrom's career as a Canuck, if it is over. Yeah, and, and it's funny because, you know, throughout 50 years, the Canucks goalie history is a little sad. So Jacob Markstrom already is top five in wins. He's top five in playoff wins. Believe it. Uh, he's top five. I think he's up there in saves as well. Uh, he's uh, <laughs> he's already one of the best goalies in franchise history. But And, and it is sad that you're going to lose him because automatically I, the Canucks goaltending is not better next season by not having Markstrom and Demko. It I mean, I think they're both great goaltenders. That being said, like you said, the team's in cap hell, and I think rolling with Demko is is probably a worthwhile gamble at the price, and just make sure you get someone that's uh, semi-competent behind him. And they uh, will. So that, uh, Dude, Lundqvist. You, you need two goalies, especially in what's going to come up in the next NHL season. I know we talked about that on Silky and Filthy as well, but, uh, you know, it's um, 
you need two goalies that can win in this game. They'll, they'll find someone to, to back up Demko. If this is it for uh, Markstrom, if this is it for Stetcher, Toffoli, it is what it is, okay? It is what it is. It, it really is what it is. It's sports. And um, yeah. I think all three of those players, actually not Markstrom. Markstrom's hard to replace. Toffoli's hard <laughs> to replace, too. But I, I will pump our tires a bit, too. Well, yeah. we, were, we were right and we were wrong about a couple things on uh, Silicon Field over the last couple of weeks. Uh, we were right about Stetcher going unqualified. We did kind of pose that question mm-hmm. uh, a couple of weeks ago, asking if Bertan and Stetcher could go unqualified. Of course, one of them does. Yeah. Uh, and, and then we also talked about the Canucks chasing Lundqvist. It sounds like Henrik Lundqvist is going to become a Washington capital when free agency opens. Wow. The Lundqvist dream might be dead in Vancouver. Already that quick. That here. quick. That quick. Man. <laughs> Damn, I needed to get all that out because my head is way more clear. Now now, now I'm actually feeling some pessimism creeping, bro. <laughs> Shit. So, I, so I, you tell me I won the argument right on. Hey, let, let us know. Let us know on uh, Twitter. Uh, sipping on a 40 or at Nuxmas Conduct. Uh, you bro. Know, who, who side do you want? Are you on Kyle's chill side about this team? Oh, Just, man. Just meandering and making the Stanley Cup final in a few years down the road. Or do you want to be better tomorrow like I do? Let us know. Again, I, I want the city to be better tomorrow quote-unquote tomorrow i just don't think it's going to be via roster change i think it's just going to be via a miracle yes a miracle and i think miracles are possible with quinn hughes and elias petterson anything else you want to talk about what's going on we didn't have we didn't have a first round pick a second round pick it took what 17 hours for the canucks to finally pick it was kind of refreshing not gonna lie (laughs) not gonna lie not good for the cupboards i know i know but that was a that was a cool feeling, not to give a fuck about the NHL draft. Yeah, like I said, I I, I don't I don't know if it's gonna happen uh, next year. You know, Benning, I think you might have to trade around, trade away that first round pick if he does trade OEL. And yeah, I think yeah. that's probably okay. Again, when you look at the trajectory of Pedersen and Hughes, you can probably afford to give away another first rounder. Ooh, I like it, Megzi. I like it, Megzi. Yo, did <laughs> is Kyle Bowen a Jim Benning fan now? You are a hundred percent. You are a betting bro. No, 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 no. Yeah, it's not that yeah. I'm a, a betting bro club. whatever. He just really, in in one year, the, the, the moves that he made just, just kind of, or the move that he made, and that pick for Quinn Hughes. I'm just giving him a lot of credit right now, man. Crazy. That, that shit's crazy, bro. That shit's crazy. Hey, yeah. prove me well, wrong. We'll I don't give a fuck. The city can go prove me wrong. Okay. Well, we'll see. Uh, again, we're, t- we're talking about this on, on Wednesday night, and, you know, free agency's Friday. The buyout window uh, closes tomorrow. And, you know, there's a lot of action that's probably going to happen over the next couple of days. Yeah, and I yeah. Think that's when you can properly judge this team in the direction they're going. Um, I, I guess so maybe only some of the other things I'll say is if they don't get OEL, and if they got him by now, then great. You know, I think they do need to uh, upgrade the defense still. And, and two guys that look at still are uh, Eric Sternak and RFA with the Lightning and Devon Taves and RFA with the New York Islanders. You know, that's a guy you sign up four and a half million, you give up a second round pick. Those teams are in cap trouble right now. They might not be able to match that. Trevor so. bags with the facts, man. I love it. There you go, man. There you go. I just got the emotion, not the facts. It's okay. It's the off season, man. It's the off season, bro. Give me a fucking yeah. break. I'll I'll be in off season mode pretty soon, man. It'll I know, be, uh, daddy mode, daddy mode, daddy right mode. Now. Who knows what I'll be able to do, man? How much attention will I be paying? How much will my life just be changing diapers? You know, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. You know what? We do have to talk about one more thing, but I'm gonna actually edit this part that we're about to do and put it in the the beginning of the episode. So if you're listening to this, peace out. Have a good one. Enjoy 
Enjoy life. Calm the fuck down. Remember that your team, your city, is led by number 43 and number 40. Ridiculous talent. Miracles can still happen with those two being the only players on this team. Even though people are forgetting that this team actually has some fucking talent, some other talent in their lineup. Trevor Beggs, you want to say anything? I just hope uh, hope the Canucks improve next year. Let's go past the semifinals. I'm hungry man, for some this wins. guy's hungry, man. Patience, baby. Patience. Have a good morning, a good afternoon, a good night. We don't know when you're listening to this, but we, yes, we appreciate it. Peace.